Sunday. The Rams came off the bye week and ran into the steel curtain while the fearsome defense. It's a high snap. It's a fumble on the hop. Dante Fowler picks it up at the 20. He will walk it in. The high-powered offense struggled to get into gear. Now with their back against the wall, the NFC champs will need every win to scratch into the playoffs. The Week 11 Challenge will be Sunday night back home against the Chicago Bears. Hi, this is Sean McVay of your L.A. Rams. This is Rams. Rams All Access. We get you ready coming up on Rams All Access, Week 11. Rams All Access is powered by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams. Hi, this is Jared Goff. This, this is, is Rams, Rams All, All Access. Access. with JB, DeMarco, and MJD. All right, good evening, and thank you for joining us for Rams All Access. The Rams are home for the first time in over a month. Sunday night football against the Chicago Bears at the Coliseum. With DeMarco Farr, I'm J.B. Long. And who's this? There's another warm body in here today. Wait, say something. What do you want me to That's say? Maurice. Yes. <laughs> That's Maurice Jones. So happy crew. to be back with you guys. He's here. Really <laughs> Reinforcements for week 11. Yeah, man. How you doing, Mo? I'm doing well, guys. I, I couldn't wait to get back. And, yeah. You know, we're, we're back. Can you run the ball? Can we use you on Sunday? Whew. Yeah. You know, I've been working out, but I. Uh, 10 carries. I don't know if I need. got. I don't, yeah, whew, I have to have some time in between them, I tell you that much. Ca- careful there, DeMarco, because we don't need to subdivide these carries any more than they've saying. already been part of We need out. a lead back. Come the, on, man. The lead story this week is how do we get Todd Gurley more of them, not how do we. Uh, give more of Gurley's Put away. Put Maurice in Maurice. uniform. That'll get Todd going. Watch. <laughs> It'll be an uphill climb, though, to a wild card spot. And let's be serious. Uh, given what happened on Monday Night Football with Seattle getting the upset in overtime in San Francisco, until something changes, that's what the Rams are up against. We'll take a look at that NFC wild card picture and who they are really going against for the final seven games. But on that path, they're going to face the fifth toughest remaining strength of schedule. And what stands out to me when you look at those leaders, it's the NFC West. I mean, there are two Super Bowl contenders in the division right now, and that's not been the story for 2017-18. But the remaining strength of schedule, one Arizona, two San Francisco, three Tennessee, four Seattle, five Rams. I mean, that says to me, you now find yourself in the most competitive division in football. I I feel like us in London. Remember that time we were in London trying to get into the club? Yeah. Everyone's having fun on the inside, and we're kind of like watching from the outside. I mean, Seattle and San Francisco battling it out for the... You know, division supremacy. We're supposed to be in that conversation. The Rams are supposed to be in that conversation. Kind of frustrating after, what, 10 weeks that you're on the outside looking in. But it is what it is. You know, you you, you can't get out of your own way. You make too many mistakes. You uh, you can't generate anything offensively. Well, I, I guess you deserve to be 5-4 and four at this point. Well, I think, that, I mean, I always had a coach, and DeMarco, you know this, your record is what you've earned. And so from the, the self-inflicted penalties, you know, the holdings on in costly situations or giving up sacks in two-minute drives or turnovers or whatever it may be, that's what the Rams are. Uh, the key is, like, how did you get out of this? Because it's not as if, like, it's not like the Rams aren't talented, right? They, they, they have talented players. You just have to find ways to get the ball to them, maybe a little bit quicker than you want to. Uh, you may have to, you know, do a little bit more max protection. You may have to switch up your philosophy as yeah. a coach to find a way to build up because you, there's other teams in this league that are not as talented as the Rams that are having explosive plays and playing more consistent football. Hmm. 
Whether it's injuries or doubters on the outside, the media questions starting to pile up. Sean McVay admitted to us this week that this is indeed the most adversity his Rams have faced since he was hired. In the first three seasons that I've been here, this is the most adversity we've faced through nine games. Uh, but you also have a, have a choice in terms of how you want to look at it. Uh, you can choose to respond accordingly, and there's nothing we can do about not getting it done in the Pittsburgh game. What we can do is find a way to look at that and then say, how can we use those things as an opportunity to learn and then let's move forward with an optimistic uh, belief and expectation that's not just phony it's about all right what are our solutions to try to do better uh, in our upcoming opportunity to compete against the bears this sunday and you may not be good enough to win i, I mean yeah optimism is a tricky word to use right now because i don't feel a lot of it you can be positive i mean but you just may not be good enough to win that's just the way it is and you know some teams like you said when he said this is the most adversity we face since i've been here work can get a whole lot worse Oh yeah, you can start losing quarterbacks and other people along your offense and defensive lines. Uh, you've lost almost everybody on your O line. It could get a whole lot worse. A lot of teams have gone through this, but you can keep a positive attitude. But the eleven or the twenty-two that you start on game day just may not be enough to beat what's on your schedule. Well, you're talking about possibly starting what two rookies, uh, a guy getting his first career start. Uh, Austin by playing center, which he hasn't played in a long time. I know they've done the cross training throughout yeah. preseason, but still, I mean, this is a real NFL game. Uh, there, there are a ton of concerns. There's, there's the silver a, lining though is at least they don't play Khalil Mack this week, right? Oh wait, right. Well, I was gonna say like, like that, that's not even like to me. That's like issue number three. Like issue number one is the communication, right? It may not right. be Khalil Mack that that comes sprinting through the line. And you don't pick up the linebacker, he destroys the quarterback. It may be like there's so many different things that can go on with these five offensive linemen that have never played together. Well, I'm I'm with him. Like if you thought Watt and Dupree were tough, Jay or Khalil Mack starts over the both of them. One of those guys is a special teamer if they're all on special team if they're all on the same team. This is the real deal. Not only will he get to you, he could end you. You know, oh, and uh, even when you have top flight guys blocking him, he still wins. Now imagine guys who have never made starts before well, trying to block Khalil Mack. So, so I, I guess I can give you a, a quick story about Khalil Mack. Uh, his rookie year, I was in Oakland with him and they had him playing linebacker and uh, we were doing the pass rush drill against running backs and I went against him and he, you know, he demolished me and I got up and I just started screaming at the coach. Like, what, what why is he here? Why, why are we blocking him when they can't block him? Right. And we, I mean, we're paying guys top dollar at that point, yeah. both tackles to play. I think Donald Penn was one. The other one was Manny Luke Watson. And, and, and we had a couple other guys. I'm like, if those dudes who get paid to block him, can't block him, right. you shouldn't put him against us. And, and, and again, like, that's a concern because now guess what your your game plan is going to be like we have to take him out of the out of the game but they have other dudes that can get to the quarterback and and can and can really affect oh, good the defense. game so yeah I'm, I told JB at the beginning of the show I think the Rams defense is going to have to pitch a shutout no because question. I think Chicago's defense is just that strong enough to do that against you in the Coliseum. So here's what's interesting is the Rams I don't think for all that McVay has talked about it have yet tailored their game plan to a defensive dominated team and an inefficient subpar offense. Like, I don't think they have come to terms with the fact that until proven otherwise, that's who they are. And they were able to beat a bad Atlanta team. They were able to beat a winless Cincinnati team. They should have been able to beat a Pittsburgh team with Mason Rudolph at quarterback and without James Conner in their backfield and a bunch of other deficiencies. And if there is 
a reason to be optimistic, to use Sean McVay's word, it's that the Chicago Bears are in almost an identical position that you are. Defensively, they're still strong. Offensively, especially at the quarterback position, they have regressed as badly as the Rams have year to year. They come to L.A. at 4-5 and five, uh, after beating the Detroit Lions with Jeff Driscoll at quarterback, having to save it on defense on their last possession. So... And after a 3 0 start, here are the Rams, 5 and 4. They've lost four of their past six, and their only two wins came against last place Atlanta and Cincinnati. We'll get to Baltimore and we'll get to the Cowboys <laughs> and San Francisco and Seattle when we get there. But for now, wow. can you just get some level of confidence rebuilt at home on Sunday Night Football? Well, I think for me, the biggest thing is uh, for both teams is who is willing to run the ball more. That's what it comes down to at the end of the day. And Oof. both coaches have been roundly criticized by their yes. local and national media for failing to do so. Yeah, who is literally well, going to run the ball? One of them has Todd Gurley, just saying. Right. <laughs> the, other, well, the other one has, <laughs> has Trudy Cohen and drafted a running back yeah, as right. well, yeah. Yeah. Montgomery. Yeah, I mean, it comes down to who is willing to run the ball in this game. Because you, if you look at the Bears' defense, they've given up a lot against the run. Uh, the Rams defense has done a great job against the run, but they've given up some big ones too. Uh, you talk about in London against Cincinnati, Joe mm-hmm. Mixon got going, um, and so you you have to you have to find a way to protect your quarterback in this situation. No doubt. And I think the running game is is right now for me. And I know it sounds like well, you're a running back. You're always going to say that, but if no, I have all these right. new alignments, yeah. we are going forward. I don't want you kicking no, back under the guise of you have to play defensive football to win, which means you have to run the ball. Exactly. I want Jared Goff to throw it less. If I'm the Bears, I don't want Trubisky throwing it at all. Right. You know, so you have to run the, the football fastest and rely game on your in defense Sunday night football. Teams. No doubt, absolutely. I want to pick up the next segment with what you just hit on there, though. They have to find a way to protect Jared Goff. I actually think it's the other way around. It's time for Jared Goff to figure out how to protect himself. And that's in conjunction with Sean McVay. But what you're calling and how you're processing and where you're throwing and in what timing and rhythm, more and more we come to find out that protecting a quarterback has more to do with a quarterback than it does to the five people in front of him. And that's something that Sean McVay on Monday night admitted to. We'll hear his comments as we continue with this edition of Rams All Access. You're listening to ESPN LA 710. Hi, this is Eric Weddle of your Los Angeles Rams. This is Rams All Access. Goff well protected, has time to launch, deep down the left side, looking for Cooks. Over the shoulder, he brought it in! Rams All Access. J.B. Long, Maurice Jones-Drew, and DeMarco Farr. ESPN LA 710. Getting you pumped for Sunday Night Football, Week 11, as our Rams return to the Coliseum to battle the Chicago Bears. Rams All Access is powered by ZipRecruiter, the Smartest way to hire. We heard the Brandon Cooks highlight there, an unfortunate reminder that he will miss yet another week as he continues to resolve his concussion issues. Uh, So another man down on the Rams offense. And when you go back to last season, you could say it started with the loss in Chicago. In fact, Jerry Goff has now played a full season when you include his postseason games, his last 16 games starting with at Chicago last year. Here are his numbers. Sub-60% completion, 20 total touchdowns, 16 interceptions, 28 sacks, and 16 fumbles. I think one of the conversations this week with Sean McVay that really stood out to me, DeMarco, you were there, is that it's time for him to outperform his circumstances. When you play the most important position in sports, for two years now, this has been built to make his life easier. His life is not easy right now, 
now it's incumbent upon him to protect himself and the football. Everybody has a role and a contribution. I think linemen are oftentimes unfairly credited with those types of things. And some, and in some instances, you know, it's almost like they take too much blame, and then sometimes they might be given too much credit. So uh, everything, everybody has a role in that. Uh, the lineman being able to protect within the timing and rhythm, the quarterback being able to play within the timing and rhythm of whatever concept we activate, and then the uh, the tight ends, the receivers, and the backs, you know, being able to space the field. Field. You know, we always talk about the good pass games operate with great spacing, timing, and rhythm, uh, and really that includes all 11 and their contribution to avoiding the sacks, the negatives, those types of things um, that, you know, can often lead to the negative plays and, and some of the bad things that, that, uh, that have oftentimes hurt us this season. So that's Sean McFay from our coaches show on Monday night. I think it remains to be seen whether or not he is willing to put together a game plan that is, I use air quotes here, conservative conservative enough to try and win a low-scoring defensive-driven affair. Are you set up to be physical on the offensive line, team-wise? Are are you set up to run the football 60-70% of the time? No. Because I remember way back when, uh, this was back in St. Louis, and Jeff Fisher went through this, somebody got hurt and you had to retool the offense, and you had Jared Cook at tight end. And you're going to run 12 most of the game and ask him to block. It's just not going to happen. No. So are you set up at this point, with this current Rams group, to be more physical and play a defensive offensive game, are you are you are you set up to do, do that? You, do you, are you want me to answer that? Yeah, please go ahead. No, you don't have a fullback on the roster, and Higby is probably your best blocking tight end, but he's more of a receiving threat. He played receiver in college, and then obviously Gerald Everett. I, I think the, the the quick answer to your question is how do you how do you play that type of game and what you have the philosophy that you are? I think it's quick game. I think it becomes quick screens which we didn't really see a lot of uh, against Pittsburgh, which I thought you would probably see a lot of, just those quick screens out. That That's an extension of the running game. I think you still run the zone stretch and the, the, the fly motion, all those different things. But you have to find a way to get the ball out quick and have your line go forward. You have to. They have to go forward. It, it, it brings me back to the fundamentals of offensive line play, right, mm-hmm. where when you coach, you know, from high school, youth football, college on up, you never want your line to consistently go backwards. Because they're at a disadvantage. I don't care how good your left tackle is. The guy across from him is probably more athletic, and he's going forward while your guy's going backwards. So you want to make sure that you protect those guys or your guards, your center. You protect them. So you have to go forward as much as possible. That's going to be the, the quick screens. That's going to be being very creative in, in how you call different things in different situations. Uh, get mm. the team moving sideline to sideline, then attack vertically down the field. But you have to be aggressive, and you're going to do that. And, 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 and it goes back to – you know, the philosophy of this team is to spread people out, play action pass. Right. But you have to have a, a run threat. So I guess what we're saying is if you go the quick game, and I agree with you, but you can live and die. Chip Kelly did. If those quick screens aren't working or not working or you're throwing incomplete, now it's third and a mile. Right. So if it's third and long, are you relying on Jared Goff? Are you putting him at seven and saying pick up the first down? Or are you going conservative and say Johnny Hecker flip field and let's play defense? The latter. That's what I would do, right? right. That, I think that might be the more prudent thing to do at this point. Protect your quarterback, protect your offensive line, protect yourself from third and long. Yeah, I think, again, it, a lot of the, the routes that, that we we're seeing the Rams run as well are like 12 to 15 yards down the field. They take time. And so when you, we were calling that game against Pittsburgh, I remember it was a two-minute drill, and I was like, yo, this is the time where T.J. Watt gets a sack. For some reason, the start of two-minute, he finds a way to get a sack. And literally, it was like Jerry got on his fifth step, boom, he got hit. And so you have to find a way, which I thought then the, the Rams did a great job of adjusting, 
right, and throwing a chip over there because Bud Dupree wasn't really getting to the quarterback. He was fine. But you're, you finally started to chip and then gave Jared a little bit of time. You're going to have to chip. You're going to have to chip. You're going to have to have receivers get in front of them, running. Like, you are going to have to do everything tackle you can. Khalil Mack. That's what, like, you're going <laughs> right. to have to do a lot if you're going to try to take these five to seven step drops yeah. and get the ball down the field. Rams All Access is brought to you by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try ZipRecruiter for free. You should go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams. Our whole team in today, Maurice Jones, Drew DeMarco Farr. I'm J.B. Long. Here's another concerning question coming out of Pittsburgh is how did they manage to take Cooper Cup completely out of that game. And I, I watched that coach's film back and to see Minka play that robber safety and basically meet Cooper Cup at the top of his route, what's the counter move? Let's say that they use Eddie Jackson or whomever speaking to the Chicago Bears to copy that blueprint. Now that you've seen it, now that you know it's coming, and why wouldn't it come? Because you, DeMarco and I all sit there and say, Oh, it's third and seven. Where's number eighteen? Right. Well I think the I think the way you do it is you you put Cooper Cup by yourself now. And you you allow him to run different routes uh, by itself, and then you put everyone else on the other side. And so, if you're going to double him, like what again? What Pittsburgh did? They did a great job of using Minka Fitzpatrick, Mark Barron. I mean, they had different guys doubling from different places. I mean, I felt like one time they dropped a guy from the box out, like mm-hmm. a lineman out to double him and try to hit him. So, you know, they had a call called double double eighteen, mm-hmm. and that's what they did, pretty much. And so. If you notice that and you recognize that now it's time you put him away. So when they do the now all of a sudden everyone's focus is over here and I have three guys, say if Cooper comes on the right, the far right side, I have three guys to the left that I can work with and make moves. That means Robert Wood has to step up. Obviously Gerald Everett, Josh Reynolds, these guys have to start stepping up and making big time plays. You know, I think these guys are running routes. I mean, they get their man coverage, Gerald Everett, uh, Rob Woods, and it's just, for me, it's, Jared's got to come off Cooper Cup. When you realize he's being doubled or they're taking him away, you got to go to your second and third read like that. Right. And if your second and third read isn't there, I think this is what you're talking about. Start moving. Start moving around. Find a way to move the football and advance it up the field and threaten that defense. Just because they take Cooper Cup away or in Pittsburgh, when they did take him away, the play was basically dead. Right. You know, you had to throw it away or get hit. So find another way. How do, how does, how do the Patriots keep getting Edelman open? Everyone knows he's getting the rock. You got to be more creative in where you line this guy up and find ways to get the matchups you want. Uh, both Trubisky and Goff ranked top 10 in total QBR last season. This season, they've each sunk to the bottom 10. In the National Football League, we've come far enough without hearing from Goff himself. Here's what he had to say about rallying behind a patchwork offensive line in Week 11. I trust those guys. I feel good with them, and um, they've done a great job. I think in, you know, the, outside of, of Corbett, we have experience with all of them, and um, Austin, I thought, did a great job last week in his limited time, but uh, it's part of the job. You know, it, It's not always going to be perfect back there, and if it's not, I'll be, I'll be just fine. And, and if it is, you know, as, as I do expect them to play well, it'll, it'll be great as well. But it's part of the job description. And when you play quarterback, at times it's not always going to be, you know, like we had the last couple of years. I think we had probably 32 straight games with the starting five, and that's really unheard of. And so this is this is more closer to reality and um, just going to prepare accordingly. To Jared's point, regression is certainly mean. Last two years, the Rams have played six starters on the offensive line. Witt, Roger, Sully, a combination of Brown and Blythe at right guard, and Rob Havenstein. As of this weekend, you will have had nine players start on the offensive line this season alone, including six of those being first-time NFL starters. Noteboom and Allen, done for the season. Demby, who has been relegated to a you know, break in case of emergency only glass, uh, Edwards, Corbett, and either Shelton or Evans, depending on which way they decide to go this week. Wow. That's real NFL coaching now, right? Yeah. Got to figure out how to get the best out of what you have in front. 
Trust in your offensive line at this point, right, if you're Jared Goff? No. Okay. Yeah, no. that's what I mean. I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't at all. I'd get the ball out. You know, I'd get it's the ball nothing. out fast. What do you I'd protect myself. Say. Huh? Like, he can't go up there and say, like, listen, I, I, I'm i getting the ball out quick. Like, I think Rodgers I, would. <laughs> I, this, the thing is, when they, when they invest the money that they invested in Jared Goff, this is what happens. Right, you can't you can't pay everybody. So we we've given you all this money. You're the highest paid quarterback. All those things, you have to now be able to mask our problems. You have to be the deodorant to our team. Who are you talking to, Jared or the coach? I'm talking to Jared. Oh, Jared has to now be the deodorant to the team. We stink. Right. We're stinking right now. That's we, what I mean. He has to outperform yeah, his circumstances. Right. Have to playing the most important position in sports. How do you elevate the other ten around you? Because if you can't, then you're not that guy. I'm sorry, but you're right. just not that guy. I believe he is. The Rams yeah. believe he yeah. is. That's why they paid him. But these are the moments where you have to be able to rise to the occasion and show it. You've seen him in college, right? Yes. Uh, has he, have, have you ever seen that out of him before? Like he just when lifts everyone? He was playing with a high school JV varsity roster when he arrived in Berkeley. He yes. lifted them to a winning team and a, and a postseason contender. He's capable yeah. of doing it. Right now, he is not playing well enough. What does that get... look like? Him moving or him just throwing strikes all over the I'll place? tell you what it looks like. There was a play against the uh, the Packers that will always stand out in my mind. He did. He had a rip through a pass rush, got out to his left, and threw a ball to the left side. I remember line that. Brandon Cooks went to the ground and made an incredible catch on. Those are the types of plays when you are asked to throw downfield that he has to be able to make because there will be a rusher in your face by the time you get your head around yeah. under the under the, the current circumstances. You're going to be wearing Mac-like underwear. <laughs> you know what I mean? Still to come on Rams All Access. These are the playoffs, and this weekend might as well be a wild card game. We will explain plus four down territory with a voice from Chicago. But let's flip sides of the field and talk Jalen Ramsey's impact so far with DeMarco Farr and Maurice Jones-Drew. I'm J.B. Long, and this is Rams All Access on ESPN LA 710. This is Rams All Access. Getting you pumped for Sunday Night Football, Week 11. As our Rams return to the Coliseum to battle the Chicago Bears. Hi, this is Aaron Donald of the Los Angeles Rams. This is the home of the NFC champs. Whose house? Rams house. Only on ESPN LA 710 and the ESPN app. Hi, this is Todd Gurley of your LA Rams. This is Rams All Access. This is Rams All Access. With JB, DeMarco, and MJD. All right, welcome back to Rams All Access. Let's talk some Jalen Ramsey, who has played three games for the Rams so far, and they've got up 30 points total in the three games he's appeared in. Yes, the opposing offenses have had something to say about that. But a matchup this week with former Jacksonville teammate Allen Robinson, which is interesting, in part because he's getting 27% of the Bears' targets. He is far and away their number one receiver for Mitchell Trubisky. What do you, what do you think of Ramsey so far? Like, has he been as advertised? Uh, for me, I think he has. Again, you're asking him to cover the number one receiver all the time, play press man all around the board. He's going to give up some pass, but that's what happens. I mean, he gave up two plays to Julio Jones, but also the quarterbacks have to hold the ball a tick, a tick longer, too, in some of those situations. That's what allowing the pass rush to get there. And, and I still think he's trying to get his football legs back, too, after sitting out of those couple of weeks. So I, to me, I think it's worked out. It's just the wins. You You wanted to see them win in Pittsburgh. That's what you wanted to see. But you also see teams aren't trying him either. So I think it's it's working out of the time. No, I, I love him, I, especially in man coverage. Uh, when he's over the top or whatever receiver, he is like glue. Not saying he wins all the time, but he is absolutely on top of that guy. Makes that quarterback have to think. I think that's why 
Troy Hill seeing a lot of action. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, really, Pittsburgh came after Troy, run and pass, because mm. they were staying away from Jalen Ramsey. Now, in zone coverage, where you need to communicate with your teammates, I think that's where the problems are, because right. he doesn't know everyone. He doesn't know the voices. He doesn't know. He hasn't repped these zone principles with these guys yet, but that will come. But what I like, what I see, I like, especially in man coverage. 17 targets, 14 catches, better than 14 yards per reception against him. No picks, no pass breakups yet, and I think that stands out in part because Marcus Peters, who you effectively right. traded him for, has two house calls since he left the Rams. Yeah, I think, again, you're asking, when you play press man, you're, you're not going to see the ball. You rarely see the ball because you're stuck on your receiver and then you try to catch it late. Where Marcus Peters is more of an off, he reads the quarterback. And in Baltimore, that's what they play. They don't play a lot of man there. They play zone. They don't, they don't ask Marcus Peters to tackle. They don't ask him to do much of anything. Now let's, the one stat they didn't say is a forced fumble he calls in Atlanta, yeah. right? And so yeah. like he's shown up in certain situations and I get it. I mean, people are going to always scrutinize because of how much the Rams gave up to get him. But I, like I, I tell people this all the time and oh, you're going to be good scouting. Yeah, yeah. The draft and the and the stuff of the last. There's not a player coming out in the next two years that is going to be Jalen Ramsey. I agree. I, I I think they're much better in man and they're struggling in zone. And it's the opposite with Marcus Peters. You couldn't really play man. You had right. to play zone, and teams were eating you up. But eventually, all this stuff in the secondary with Jalen Ramsey, the mistakes you're making in zone coverage, that stuff will come the longer he spends in a Rams uniform. Boy, what a shame not to get that win in Pittsburgh for a couple of reasons. One, because you think about two of the recent losses, San Francisco and Pittsburgh, they both couldn't have started any better, right? right. You get you get the three and out, you go down the field with your, your running sequence, and you put seven on the Niners, and it looks like you found your identity. Obviously came off the rails from there. And then the Steelers gift you an errant snap that Dante Fowler runs it in, and between that score and the safety from Aaron Donald and Clay Matthews, your defense outscores your offense. I'm not sure that you can bank on that type of production week after week, but right now, uh, clearly the Rams' defense has to make splash plays for this team to have a chance to win, even at home against the Bears. Well, I've been here before, uh, and this is as a defense where you start demanding that you you tailor your game plan offensively. If you guys are going to struggle that much, right? I can't expect you to score 30 points. So if it's going to be like that, then make sure you win time of possession or you give us yes. a chance to stay off the field and get rest. You know what I mean? You have to be willing yeah. to go three and out, running the football, and punt. And keep possession. Right. Yes. <laughs> right. And then punt it back and we'll play defense and get you the ball back. Maybe take it away for you and get you favorable field position. Yeah. Well, I, I really believe like when, when the Rams did the fake punt and it got intercepted, Ooh. and then the defense went out and actually made the offense go backwards yes. and then forced them to punt right out of field goal, uh, that's when my mind was like, okay, I've been in this situation before. I've been on a team where we offensively we were we were struggle we were struggling, hampered with injuries, and we literally had to turn into like nine on seven football. Like we knew going in, like, hey, we're gonna run the ball about seventy yeah. times a day. Like, so just defense, don't worry about it. We're gonna take our time. We're gonna get up slow. We're gonna be in four minute mode from the very beginning. We're gonna try to shorten the game and put the pressure on the other team to try to make plays. And we let our defense go, and we end up winning some games that way. Um, actually, ended up going to the playoffs that year uh, in two thousand seven. That's just kind of how it ended up being for us. But you have to do that when you can't put up thirty a game. You have to, again, you have to change your philosophy. Your philosophy has to. You have to be willing to change yeah, your philosophy. Yeah, you, you don't need 30. 17 might be good enough. Three with this be, right, nine you know what I mean? be good enough. With this defense, right. Uh, you know, David DeCastro, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers guard. Yep. What do you guys think of him? He's solid. He's tremendous, per right? 
He's great. Pro bowler. Perennial. Aaron ate his lunch. Yep. That's what I'm saying. He was solid. Until- Killed him. I mean, absolutely slaughtered him and then beat him for a safety. So if I have that on my football team, a guy that's unblockable with with support on defense, then that's what I would be catering this team to. Right. My offensive game plan would go around what those guys can do. And you look at the Chicago offensive line, uh, they have flipped actually their guard and center back to what we saw last year with James Daniel at left guard and Cody White here at center. They're average, I would say. They, I don't think they have anyone going to no. a Pro Good. Bowl this year. They don't I see have nothing anyone. Special. Or, Anybody on Chicago? What nothing they special. will, what they will do, the, and, and this is why I bring it up, is even though they have been criticized for a lack of commitment to the run, just as the Rams have, what they will do is they'll bring in Cornelius Lucas, and they'll run an eligible. They'll run six offensive linemen, and and they'll try to lean on you, and, and they will try and play to right now a defense that even though it's a little bit banged up, is top five, just like the Rams. And their secondary is not creating takeaways like they were a year ago, right? Like, Eddie is not maybe the number one safety in football. Right. But they are still trying to win the way that they know they can, especially in November and December. We'll get some insight on those Bears, the latest on their quarterback, Trubisky, and the absence of a middle linebacker as they come to Los Angeles. Four down territory when we come back. You're listening to Rams All Access on ESPN LA 710. Getting you pumped for Sunday Night Football, Week 11, as our Rams return to the Coliseum to battle the Chicago Bears on Rams All Access. Pro football is a game. This is Four Down Territory. All right, welcome back to Rams All Access, and our guest on Four Down Territory this week covers the Bears for Fox 32 in Chicago, former NFL defensive lineman and an occasional broadcast partner of mine on the TV side. We say good evening to Anthony Heron. Big Ant, what's up, man? JB, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Uh, I'm I'm curious to see what a de facto elimination game in the NFC looks like between the Chicago Bears and the Los Angeles Rams this week. But I have to say, the the Bears could be poised to make a run if they were to win in L.A., hosting the Giants after the trip to Southern California, then a Thanksgiving rematch with the Lions. Do the Bears come to Southern California believing they're still contenders? They do. They do. Now, I'll say, uh, as I'm sure you experienced closely there in L.A., they're certainly... A lot of a lot of disappointment in the fan base, and some folks who aren't quite sure whether or not the team is going to be able to achieve at the level that has been expected coming into the year. But I think overall, the, the roster itself, the players in the locker room, the coaching staff, they've been figuring some things out, and especially coming off of what was a, a fairly, I'll, I'll term it as an ugly win over the Detroit Lions, where they probably didn't play as well in that game as they had the previous two weeks on the field. But the execution in the end was enough to finally get a victory. And after losing four games in a row, just getting a win was enough to sort of reestablish some of the belief that the city has. Well, Anthony, it's also a matchup of quarterback regression. And did Mitchell Trubisky quiet any of his critics with his performance against those lines? A little bit. And you know how this works, J.B., where it's, it's difficult for folks to have the discussion, especially publicly, when you have a quarterback who's not performing at a certain level when there's high expectations, it's difficult to have kind of the granular discussion of pass protection issues or wide receivers running improper routes or just simple, simply the, the play calling and game management of uh, the head coach. But that's been a part of the issue here in Chicago for Mitch Trubisky. And overall, he's, he's performed steady in several games this year. Certainly imperfect, without a doubt, but the best talent that they have on the outside 
Matt Nagy's done a better job of balancing how he puts his quarterback in situations to make plays, to threaten defenses. There's been more man coverage played by Bears opponents over the last couple of weeks. So that's enhanced the comfort that Trubisky's had. My buddy Anthony Heron covers the Bears for Fox 32 in Chicago. He's our guest on this edition of Four Down Territory before Sunday Night Football. On the defensive side, Big Ant, how big of a loss is inside linebacker Danny Trevathan? It's huge, and it's it's potentially crippling for the Bears' defense. You know, we'll see because the Bears' defense has played at such a high standard over the last few years where current Broncos head coach Vic Fangio was the defensive coordinator here in Chicago for several seasons. They had been a top-10 defense, and then they added Khalil Mack before the season last year and became the best defense in football. Now, they haven't been that this season. They lost a few weeks ago Akeem Hicks, a Pro Bowl defensive tackle, and not only the tangible of Akeem Hicks being gone, but then just adding in, not having his, his heart, his soul, his intangible has been a huge loss because of the leadership he provides, but the number two guy in that rung of defensive leaders. So let's finish with Khalil Mack and Hicks. Rex shop, as you said, against the Rams in Chicago, a freezing night in December a year ago. Are we to attribute the lack of Mack sacks to the loss of Akeem Hicks in the middle? It certainly plays a big role in it because when, when you have an edge player like Khalil Mack, who they, they have to leave him on either side. I was actually just talking about this on the radio in Chicago a moment ago where you need to have someone who can be the yin to his yang. And if Khalil Mack is either the yin or the yang, the opposing force quite often will come on the interior. So it's easier for offenses to avoid Khalil Mack because whether he play on the left edge or the right edge, they can sprint the formation to the opposing side or they can commit a tight end or and or running back to help their offensive tackle, which quite frequently teams will commit both because there hasn't been an additional dominant force that's been able to make the opposing quarterback nervous. So we'll see if Roy Robertson Harris can have an imprint on this game. Big Ant, thanks for your perspective. Thank you for joining us. Say hi to uh, your wife and son for me, and uh, wishing you a happy holiday as well. Same to you, JB. Tough passing and justice. I said hello. Looking forward to hanging out with you guys again. All right, Anthony Heron of Fox 32 in Chicago and Rams All Access is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. The smartest way to hire, try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams. Oh, guys, perhaps the uh, Chicago Tribune said it best, uh, the fourth win of the season for Chicago. They said the Bears and Mitchell Trubisky saved the sanity of Chicago on Sunday at Soldier Field against uh, Jeff Driscoll and the Detroit Lions, who had a shot at it. At the end, but nonetheless, they come to Los Angeles still in the picture, right? Four and five against five and four. The loser of this game is not playing in January. I think it's safe to say. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean their offense is struggling just like you are. I, I think last week in Detroit, their tenth play came on their third drive, which means they're three and out, three and out, punt, punt, and yep. it's the same thing. So they're struggling to find. I think the Rams were just a little bit better, but. Your first three drives netted no points. There's the difference, right. DeMarco, though. Yeah. Three and out, you can you can survive. Right, right. But turnovers, you can't. A sack return yeah. for a touchdown, you cannot. Yep. And the, the current game plan, I think, is putting the risk, the Rams at risk to turn it over multiple times per game. Uh, you can't let you can't you can't turn the ball over. Your defense is doing a phenomenal job of taking the ball away. You're shutting down top receivers. You're stopping the run. You're doing everything. You, you have to. Like it, it, it's not exciting football. It's boring football, but it wins games. And so, if you look just a little north of here in San Francisco, that's literally what they're doing. Like they are running the football and they're playing great defense and they're okay with punting. If you look at Seattle, 
is as crazy as Russell Wilson does all that running around, they run the football and they're okay punting. They're fine with it. Occasionally they'll give you a fourth down or two, but you have to now, and and I I understand it because it's hard as an offensive coach. It's harder with an offensive mindset to say, we have to switch our philosophy. That that and I keep bringing that up because it's very tough to do. It feels like a concession. It feels yeah. like you're throwing in the towel offensively. Exactly, but it's not. You you have to convince yourself you're not doing that. Right. And so when your defense is doing what they're doing, the offense is struggling. Even though you know, I, I felt last week they had the running the ball. They were starting to gouge them. Well, that's what drove the fan base nuts, is Todd's averaging 6.1, and even after you lost your starting center, Brian Allen, so you're already putting puzzle pieces together, and you're out of sorts up front, you're able to go down the field and get your only three offensive points at the end of the third quarter, and then you go to the fourth, and it's Malcolm Brown, Malcolm Brown, and then a 12-minute Pittsburgh drive, and you're in a hole. That basically buried you there. Uh, You know, just I I love it, the 12 carries, 73 yards for Todd. Great, that's fun. But you know what wins that game in Pittsburgh? Double that. Yeah, exactly. Twenty-four buck fifty. Pace the offense. Keep the pressure off Jared Goff. Shut that crowd up. Support your defense. You come away from that game with probably a W. I don't know if you guys are looking at the crowd as well, but they weren't in the game. They were like they they went in. They came into the same like, oh, this is going to be another loss for us. It felt like they needed to be convinced that Mason Rudolph. And that offense were capable of beating the Rams at home before they would get all the way back in on the AFC playoff push. It really did. It yeah. felt like that. And then once it all of a sudden it's like the fourth quarter, like oh we still got the lead, oh and then they play in the Renegade. like and and, and so the, they you still have to understand like people still see the Rams regardless of their injuries, regardless of all the the adversity they're going through, they still see you as the NFC defending NFC champion. Yeah, yeah, so you're gonna get everyone's best shots. So you have to find a way to put the pressure back on them again. We talk about it. I mean, when you have Aaron Donald, you have Jalen Ramsey, you have Dante Fowler, Clay Matthews. These guys are, uh, I mean, Corey Littleton. These guys are yeah. Brockers. These guys are playing lights out. Even Troy Hill's doing a phenomenal job. He'll give up a play here or there, but they're doing a phenomenal job. You have to lean on those dudes. Clay needs to give that half sack back, by the way. For the, for the safety? On the safety. Come on, man. That's a J-O-P. You know what the J-O-P is, right? Yeah. That's a jump on pile. Well, That's and, not a sack. and here's the thing is, like I think I described in real time, it was the most delicate sack safety of Aaron's career because he did not want to lose he those two points right, and right. he did not want to have that taken away by a penalty marker. Right. So, so he gave a half a sack away. I got you. Ab- okay. Absolutely. Um, also worth pointing out that the Bears kind of 6 1 structure or whatever is, is where this all started in 20 something degree temps. Right. right. They're not the same, and I'm not sure they need to present the same look to the Rams offensively to have success, do they? Pittsburgh didn't change at all. Yeah, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh did Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh stuff and got after They're, you. Our best is good enough to beat whatever you... I yes. think you're going to see that from here on out. All right. I know we've painted kind of a demoralizing picture here, but when you look at the NFC playoff framework and what's available in terms of wild cards, the Rams are still right in the thick of this. We'll take a look at their competition, including Minnesota and Philadelphia, when we continue on Rams All Access on ESPN LA 710. Rams All Access, J.B. Log, Maurice Jones, Drew, and DeMarco Farr, only on ESPN LA 710 in the ESPN app. Time for a look around the division for week 11. All right, these are the playoffs, and this might as well be a wild card game. It may not have the juice that playing in January would, but look, Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels are in town. It's Sunday Night Football. You're under the lights at the Coliseum, and this is a team that, if you rewound time back to the summer, 
you wouldn't be surprised to seeing the Rams play for a right to get to the divisional round. No, you're exactly right. I, I it's funny. I felt like last week was a playoff game as well. Yeah, I know. Like, oh, they it, lost I mean, it. I mean, so. yeah, but I'm just like <laughs> we sold it as yeah, such. <laughs> no, no question. But it's this is you are in playoff football. Period. Like, and, and the reason you are is because San Francisco, even with the loss, is so is, far is out ahead of you. And, and Seattle, because of the win, so is so far up there. They so might you, as well be out of reach until further notice. So you have to go out there and, and, and rock. Now both have some tough schedules, and they got to do some different things. But you have to go up. You you have to come out and 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 it, I'm I, I'm going to go back a couple weeks. It, we were playing Cincinnati in London, and uh, it's it's not about winning. It's about how you win. And I felt like. That was a game that you should have scored 50 points. So you're saying like it still sticks with you that the Rams haven't scored a touchdown in 18 offensive possessions because the second half against the Bengals was so lackluster. Exactly. If you go out there and you score 50 points and you run the score up, I think the vibe is different. But it seems like you let off the gas a little bit, Todd didn't play the fourth quarter. It was all these different things. It's like, no, like you got to go out there and, and put up points. You got to remind people that you're the Rams of old. Or you're the Rams that we all come accustomed to. And so I felt like that energy kind of flowed into Pittsburgh where it wasn't, uh, we're kind of just like, uh, we're just kind of just going through the motions. Uh, you can't do that. You can't do that this week. You have to come out with your hair on fire. You are a desperate team. You better, what, what's the special teams play where they punt it and the, uh, the other guy catches it? And oh, goes, the Mountaineer. Yeah. Pull out all the stops. I'm with you. Everything yeah. has to come out from the next, uh, how many ever weeks till the end of the season? So your competition is Minnesota, Philadelphia, and Carolina, right? If you're if you're just lopping off the top half of the standings right now and saying that you're basically playing for the last wild card spot because Seattle's going to get the other one or San Francisco's going to get right. the other one, right? Minnesota not only gets the win in Dallas, they come home to host Denver before their bye. Win. So they're going to go into their bye in all likelihood at eight and three. Then they come out of their bye at Seattle, home to Detroit, at the Chargers finish Green Bay and Chicago. My guess is ten and six. Eleven and five if they play really well, but I, I still I still feel that's ten and six. Yeah. Which to me leaves a sliver of hope for the Rams. No doubt. I mean, but that means you have to win this week and you have to beat Seattle and you have to beat San Fran. You Baltimore. Balt Baltimore, oh my God, with the MVP, Dallas. Lamar Jackson. Yeah, you've you've got some tough some tough road ahead, but I still think you're good enough to win. I really do. If you play it a certain way, if you play to your strengths and, you know, you stop trying to jumpstart an offense, you know what I'm saying? And and, and not only might you yeah. be good enough, but the other teams in contention may not be. And, and just to go next down that list, like Minnesota is going to be tough to overcome, but they might be the only ones you have to overcome because Philadelphia comes out of their bye with the Patriots at home. Lost. They still have the Seahawks. Uh, the Cowboys on their schedule, and they already have four losses. And then Carolina, you've beaten head to head. And if you, if they beat the Falcons this week, they still have to go to New Orleans. They have to play New Orleans twice. Hmm. Uh, they have to play the Seahawks. They have to go to Indy. So I think Carolina is like an eight and eight team, maybe nine and seven if if the Saints have clinched and they take that Week 17 off. So you you see six more wins is needed for this team to get in. If Minnesota's ten and six, you need eleven. I think if you win six out of seven, and if you're the Rams, yeah. I think you're in. You have a chance to get in. That, I, th- I think okay. you're in. That starts this week with Chicago. Take care of that, and then we'll see what happens down the road, right? I think it would be tough to see winning your final six games if you lose against Mason Rudolph and the Pittsburgh Steelers and then lose against Mitchell Trubisky and now, the wait, Chicago if, Bears. If you turn back the clock and give me Todd Gurley of 2017-18, 
I'll take my chances against anybody, but, but the, the way it's the going pro- now, no. But the problem is you've also turned back the clock to 2016 in terms of your offensive line. True. I, I think Todd is a good enough back to overcome a subpar offensive line. Todd, listen, Todd... I, I, I believe so. He ran. He was running really well in Pittsburgh. Like, yeah. He was explosive. He was putting his foot in the ground. The jump getting, cuts. Like, yeah. Th- that's the Todd that we're used to seeing. And it's that time of the year again. When it, like It's always funny. Once November hits, it starts to get cold. All of a sudden, everyone breaks tackles. It's the time to lean on him and, and see if he can take it to the promised land. We will see you under the Sunday night lights. The Rams play host to the Chicago Bears with their playoff hopes on the line. For DeMarco Farr, Maurice Jones-Drew, I'm J.B. Long. This has been a Week 11 edition of Rams All Access on ESPN LA 710.